Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, folks, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and we are going live today at a little after one. That's the way the cookie crumbled with work and everything else. Um, but we're going to talk about this idea of MMT and this frequent rejoiner that is, hey, if we only implemented MMT or MMT is not something real, it's not implemented anywhere at all. Um, and this, this silly lie has really swept a lot of people away. They really genuinely believe that MMT is something to be implemented. And so when somebody that's informed about MMT is talking to someone that is not informed about MMT, frequently the, the comeback is, well, if we implement MMT or if we implement these things, or there's no, show me somewhere that's using MMT, right? You don't use MMT. Now, you may use MMT to inform your decision-making because MMT insights are absolutely key to using and maximizing the economy if you're in control of your nation's economy or, or whatever. Um, it's a macro system that it's a descriptive system. It is not something that it did or did not do. It is like sitting there, like watching the frozen caveman. It is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level, at the macro level. So, you know, I was talking with my little brother earlier today. And my little brother, God love him, comes from a very conservative background, lives in the nation's capital, surrounded by that whole Fox News approach to the world. It's just, just impossible to really, really, truly understand economics. Now, mind you, when I got my degree from Maryland, I got a degree in a master of business administration, and I got a degree in master of science in technology management. And through that, we learned about public finance. We learned about the classical economics. We did go through a lot of Friedman, went through, uh, you know, all the Hayek's going back to Adam Smith. We learned an awful lot of econ, but it was all bullshit econ, wrong econ. And I figured that out later as I learned what MMT was and was not. Anyway, let's just talk about this and really take a few minutes to have the snapshot of what MMT is, what it says and what it doesn't say, and how you might explain this to somebody who otherwise tells you we have to implement it. So many of you that have listened to me know that MMT is simply a description of macroeconomics. It basically is macroeconomics. And if something changes in the world, MMT will describe it. If suddenly we went back to the gold standard, MMT would describe the gold standard exactly as it works. It would get rid of all the myths and legends. It would get rid of all the, the fake constraints, the ones that we put in front of it. It would tell us what is a rule that we created. 
and it would tell us what is God made, these things that are truisms regardless of where it comes from. Well, MMT is a description of the way finance works, macroeconomics works. And so it describes a country in particular at its apex, at its highest stage, if you will. It describes a free-floating, meaning the currency itself is not pegged to a current to a commodity. It, it, it's free-floating. It, it moves up and down depending upon, uh, you know, the needs. It's 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 not like we print a finite amount of money against a finite pool of gold. Fiat currency is means by decree. Fiat means by decree. Now we're not in a monarchy or anything like that anymore. So the by decree in the United States in particular is by a congressional bill being passed and appropriations passed. And that is the decree that creates money into the system. And then the guys at the federal reserve take their fingers and they tap, tap, tap on the computer and voila, money appears out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Doesn't matter whether you taxed it, doesn't matter anything. It's fresh money, brand new money. So this right here is by decree. So it's a free floating by decree fiat currency that is not pegged to a commodity, which kind of goes with that whole idea of free floating. And it's not convertible to any kind of uh, commodity. So in other words, you can't force redeem your US dollar for a ounce of gold. You could buy gold at the going rate, but you can't demand a certain amount of gold for a dollar that you can't do that. That, that those days are gone. Nixon removed us from the sort of world standard of uh, gold, which was the Bretton Woods Accord back in 1972. So here we are today with a currency in the United States and most nations, most developed nations around the world have a sovereign free floating fiat currency. That means China, that means Australia, that means Japan, that means Russia, that means uh, Canada uh, and a host of other countries. Now you will see a lot of developing nations like Venezuela and uh, other South American countries and a lot of African countries that are either lacking the productive capacity to create things um, or they're lacking food sovereignty or they're lacking energy sovereignty, uh, they will in turn peg their native currency, their natural national currency. They will peg that typically to something like the United States dollar. They don't have the full monetary sovereignty that is the apex of MMT, that debt fully sovereign, the ability to do what they want to do. Okay. So there's like a spectrum of sovereignty, right? So you could kind of say, do I have uh, energy sovereignty? Yes. We create our own energy in this country. Okay. Do we have food sovereignty? Yes, we do. Check. Do we have water sovereignty and other real resources? Yes. Check. Do we have productive ca uh, capacity? Yes. Do we have the real labor resources? Yes, on and on and on. So these are like kind of aspects that make up the full spectrum of monetary sovereignty, which is kind of a core fundamental understanding that MMT informs us of. You don't implement what I just said. Do you see what I'm saying? MMT describes everywhere on that spectrum, not just the ones that are fully optimized for MMT, but all of it. It describes all of it. So. Clearly, that means you're not implementing MMT. 
You understand? You can have a goal or a target to have full monetary sovereignty by having that energy sovereignty, that food sovereignty, that production sovereignty, on and on and on. The more sovereign you are over your own real resources, the more sovereign you have control over your currency. When you have to purchase things outside of your country, when you're the people outside of your country, now all of a sudden you are at their mercy pay-wise because your currency, you can set prices internally in your own country, but outside, maybe not so much. Maybe the trade is different. Maybe it, it values differently for the global trade. And that's another story for another day. But I wanted you all to understand that anything that is available for purchase in a country that issues its own currency, not just the U.S., any country, that those things are available for purchase in that country, that country cannot go broke on debt denominated in their own currency because they issue it out every time they spend money. So MMT is. It just is. It simply is. It is what's in place everywhere today, even if you don't have sovereignty, even if you are literally trading off of using U.S. dollars or some other thing. MMT describes that. Okay? So what does MMT also say? MMT also says that because currency is a product of the state, that the economy stems from the state not from random barter popping up, but from the state, from credit relations, okay? When you understand this, you start saying, okay, it matters who issues the currency. And in this case, the country issues its own currency. So a country that is fully sovereign, has food sovereignty, energy sovereignty, et cetera, and issues its own currency can never go broke on debt denominated in its own currency. A country that has only partial monetary sovereignty based on a few components can be held captive to market fluctuations and currency valuation fluctuations on the currency that they lack, on the currency that they are pegged to. So if I'm a country that pegs my currency to the U.S. dollar, I need to have enough U.S. dollars in my pocket, in our reserves, to be able to handle payments that go beyond our borders. This is one of the most important things to remember. And you look at Venezuela, for example. Venezuela had debt denominated in a lot of foreign currencies. They also have pegged their currency to the U.S. dollar. They are a single export in, uh, economy, meaning that they focus on crude. And guess what? There are countries out there that produce a lot of crude and they produce refined petroleum products. So those countries that have their own crude that are on the global stage trading in crude drop the bottom out of the pricing for theirs, which then in turn affected countries like Venezuela who did not have full sovereignty over their currency and were highly dependent on the sales of their oil to pay their foreign debt. So that is one of the big things here. When you understand that you are at literally at the mercy when you 
don't have a fully sovereign currency and you are not a, you know, energy sovereign, food sovereign, you know, production sovereign, whatever. Now, people oftentimes will say, what happens if the United States loses world reserve currency? Well, world reserve currency does a couple things, right? Number one, it e- greases the skids. It eases our ability to do business around the world. But we have the productive capacity in the United States to be fully sovereign, to not require stuff from other countries. We could do that. It doesn't make sense for us to deplete all of our natural resources in this country when we can in turn devour the resources of other countries. Ah. See, this is where the power dynamic comes in. This is where an understanding comes in. It's not just imperialism that does this because Japan has the same similar thing. Japan, the yen, is one of the world reserve currencies. The euro is one of the world reserve currencies. The British pound, one of the reserve currencies. So the U.S. is the dominant one, and they have the almighty petrodollar, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, these are merely a convenience. Because if we were not the world reserve currency, we would suddenly just have to trade in our U.S. dollars to do business in the currency that they take, wherever that is. And so that might change whether it's more advantageous for us to build or buy. We might decide to manufacture in this country, or we might decide to continue to be a net importer. It just depends. Business will dictate those kinds of things based on price and so forth. But it's hilarious to watch people with their hair on fire. Oh, no. Oh, no. The world is going to reject the U.S. dollar. Oh, no. Oh, no. What happens? Well, we bring manufacturing back. We start depleting our own real resources. We start shaving the tops off mountains again. We start producing a lot of coal or whatever the crap that we end up investing in because we aren't smart. But. We have the productive capacity to build massive amounts of cars. We have the productive capacity to build anything that we need in the United States. So losing world reserve status just means that we would ultimately become more heavily dependent on creating goods and services rather than importing goods and services. You understand that? It's a very simple concept. Some people can't get it. I'm hoping you all can. I'm hoping I was clear enough in my description there that it makes sense to you. But ultimately, anybody that says that MMT is not real or doesn't exist, doesn't know their ass from their elbow. Let's just be fair. Why why build it up any other way? Why give them any gravitas? The bottom line is, MMT is the antidote to the lies that we're told in the mainstream media. It's the antidote to the lies we're told in the college classroom. It's the, the end of propaganda as we know it, okay? MMT is incisive. It slices through. Now, why is this really pertinent right now? Well, because Joe Biden and Donald Trump spent a lot of money into existence during the pandemic. And there's a lot of people out there that read the old textbooks that had Milton Friedman and they're whining about when you print money, which is not what we do, but because that's what these people say when they print money. They printed money by their definition, and therefore it created inflation. Well, we know that printing money doesn't create inflation. What creates inflation 
are a number of factors. Number one, if supply chains don't keep up with demand, the cost of goods goes up because people are competing for a scarce resource. That might be scarce oil. That might be scarce, you know, sun energy. Can you imagine that? That might be scarce, you know, semiconductors, whatever. But it also comes down to when you have monopoly powers, okay? When you look at Walt White, Walter White from Breaking Bad tells Jesse Pinkman, corner the market, drop the price, corner the market, and then once we have full saturation, jack the price up. That is standard corporate 101 monopoly antitrust type, you know, gouging that we should be all over, but we're not. We forgot what it was like to trust busts. So we've got Russia and we've got Saudi Arabia who have been playing games with the price of fuel. Russia in particular is dealing with this right now as they're playing games with the Ukraine. But you also look at the supply chains that went kaput during the pandemic. We're still playing catch up there as well. But across the realm, all of these companies that are jacking up prices, all of them, are out there recording record profits. So what is it exactly within their business model that made it so that prices went up? It's corporate greed. It's gouging. There was no cost issue there that would create a rise in prices that would create this inflation. None. Now, we would have a, a temporary possible one-time kind of thing as we're dealing with the lack of availability of goods and services. You can go to any restaurant or any uh, you know, grocery store even and see even Walmart without stuff on their shelves. So we're still dealing with that. And you can see the long time it takes to get electronics because of the semiconductor shortage. That's very real. And there's a lot of very important things that require semiconductors. So it cascades. But ultimately, if they're getting record profits, something changed. One of the things that potentially could change, and I think that it'll come out in the wash eventually, is corporations set a profit target a target for percentage of profit. And rumor has it that many of these companies have taken this time to raise their target profit margins. And so by doing this, this is price gouging. This is what they're doing. But this is not because Biden printed money or Trump even printed money but truly disgusting, awful prognosticators, people that know better are out there on television, in the classrooms, et cetera, and telling people this. And that is your going narrative by most people now. So remember this, modern monetary theory is not something that has to be implemented. It simply is. MMT describes a tax credit, the state owned issuance of currency and the state's ability to tax in that currency to control whether they want to heat up the economy or slow it down. Ultimately, in the end, MMT is simply 
the demystifying of how the mystics, the religious cult of classical economics operates. And we debunk and destroy the lies and fibs, not only of the academics and the classicals, but also of the conspiracy theorists, of also the fools that talk about central banking that don't really understand it. So next time someone tells you that MMT isn't something that we can do, it's got to be implemented, etc. Simply tell them it's bullshit. Bullshit. So with that, I'm out of here. Rogue Scholar, Steve Grumbach, gone. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives. 